I'm a publisher, and one day my daughter Christina asked me to write a novel with her. Well, that day was long ago, and that little girl is now an adult. But our novels live on. The Truth Seekers Mystery Series highlights a homeschool family, the Murphy Teens, in an action-adventure novel that is sure to entertain as well as teach creation truths. To get your copy, visit our website at truthseekersmysteryseries.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. And today we have saved the best for the new year. And I hope you have had a blessed new year. Well, today I have on a special guest and she and I are going to be chatting about best homeschool curriculum planning tips. Sometimes at the beginning of the year, you just want to chuck it all. And when you look at your curriculum that you picked out, Um, At the beginning of the school year, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't think I can continue on. Well, we're here to give you some amazing homeschool curriculum planning tips. And what better way to do this is with my friend, Meredith Curtis. Welcome, Meredith. Oh, Felice, I'm so excited to be with you. And um, I think it's been a while since we've been chatting together about homeschooling. And it's so good to be back. It, It has been. And and uh, we have lots of episodes, and I'll probably put in uh, some of the show links that Meredith and I have done uh, throughout the years. We were at one point really good at getting together yes. the first Monday of every month, and then life happened, and our kids got older, and instead of it slowing down, we just got busier. So, um, you know, I I always laugh when I think about, oh gosh, I'm going to be so bored when they're grown up and out of the house, and that does hasn't happened yet. Oh my gosh. So you can find today's show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com and look for best homeschool curriculum planning tips. And also I want to um, give a shout out and I'm going to let Meredith share her podcast as well as her website. And if you would, um, it is such a blessing to us when you share this episode with a friend um, or bring your friend along and listen together. But it's always fun um, when we get comments and things like that. And I really, really, really want to up my um, Apple podcast comments. So if you would bless me um, and go ahead and comment or give us a star rating and also with Meredith. So Meredith, share your podcast as well as your website with our listeners. Okay. I would love to. So I have, um, since the very beginning, I have had um, a podcast called finish well, and it is for the homeschooling families that are finishing up the homeschool journey. So it's for teens and their parents 
And we have um, every twice a month, we have episodes that the family can listen to together and hopefully lead to some really great discussions. And I hope to be starting another podcast called Homeschool Joy, but like Felice was talking about life happening. And so that, that I don't know when will be coming, but it will be coming in the future. Maybe if you're listening to this and my website is powerlineprod.com. I have a blog on there, lots of encouragement. And I have a store on there where I sell all the curriculum, Bible studies and materials and resources that I've created over the years for my own family. So you can find everything there at powerlineprod.com. And I would love for you to visit my website, love for you to listen to my podcast. That would be awesome. Wonderful. And I can attest to Meredith having wonderful information. And for years, Meredith, you had a a wonderful conference that was really encouraging to parents with middle school and high schoolers. So Meredith is just a wealth of information. Plus you have taught um, your own kids. Uh, You had five kids that you homeschooled as well, kindergarten through uh, 12th grade. And now you have grandkids that I'm sure you're like me, that we try to to fit in any little bit that we can with our grands. And it has been uh, just a wonderful blessing to watch our kids grow up. Um, Even though you're in Orlando um, and I'm four hours uh, south, (laughs) southwest in Fort Myers, but it is um, so great when we can get together. So today we are going to talk about um, planning tips for your homeschool And you are probably one of the most organized people I know. Um, I remember visiting you, Meredith, and you gave me one of the kids' rooms. And on the back of the door, um, there was a list of one of your children that had like their exercises all mapped out and what day they were going to do. And I'm like, whoa, that's really impressive. But I'm sure that was with your encouragement, you know, that the kids, um, especially as they got older, they took charge and responsibility for some of their own Um, things like exercising. But let's, um, first of all, let's back up a little bit and, you know, share um, your homeschool journey with our listeners in case this is the first time they're tuning in and don't know anything about you, which will encourage them to go to your, um, your podcast. But, um, you know, just a little overview of your family and your and you, um, you know, deciding that you were going to homeschool your kids. Okay, I would love to. I actually started my homeschool journey in 1991, and that was back in the days that you homeschool moms wore denim jumpers and drove huge, huge vans. <laughs> and um, I loved, I loved the way that homeschool kids got along so well with their parents, and that they were, they just had such virtue, such godly character. And so that was really exciting to me. I we started homeschooling. Katie Beth, none of my children ever went to school till they went to college. And um, we, my husband is a pastor. So not only did I homeschool, but I was very involved in ministry and my children grew up very involved in ministry. So out of necessity, I became a very organized person and um, I would create schedules for each of us for the school year. And then a month later, we would tweak them. And my children just grew up because they grew up with schedules. They all kind of run on schedules. And it's kind of interesting to see, like, I never tried to get them to do it 
or I never told Jimmy to list his exercises, but they just, <laughs> you knew which room I was in, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> but they just learned how to, um, begin to organize because we would, I, you know, I did it for them when they were little and then mm-hmm. with them as they got older, but mainly our homeschooling consisted of a lot of living books, a lot of hands-on activities, a lot of fun and fellowship with people in homeschool co-ops and church. And so we had a very fun life. We had a very fun time over the years of homeschooling. It was really a blast. Okay. So when you say living books, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, living books are books that you pick up and it's like meeting a friend. And they take you to places, they take you to time periods, they give you not just information, but they help you experience what you're reading about. And living books are the kind of books that you want to reread over and over, like Pollyanna and Little Women and the Elsie books. And you just find yourself involved in the characters or interested in the things that the book is about. So but living books can be nonfiction, fiction, but they're the kind of books that reach a child's heart. Very good. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we clarify that for those who may not. I think especially as older homeschooling moms, I call us graduated homeschool moms. I think that, um, you know, a lot of the vocabulary that we use may not be familiar to some of the newer home homeschoolers. And so, you know, like you, I started in 1986, a little bit before you, I'm, I'm a little bit older too. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there weren't a lot of, of books available, especially textbook workbooks. So I think out of necessity, we started out with, you know, um, books that we could read either, like you were saying, you know, um, nonfiction or a fiction that were historical pieces. And then we could fill in like the little house on the prairie were favorite, uh, favorites for my children when we were studying, you know, frontiers, uh, you know, or the earlier, um, you know, a little bit after turn of the century, because that was set later. But, you know, so the kids could understand when we talked about homesteading, you know, you mean everyone doesn't right. go to the grocery store and just pick up what you need packaged and ready to go. No, you know, it was it was a hard life. And so they got the flavor of that. And so, you know, when they were younger, I think we were able to, to have, um, we did a lot of unit studies and things like that. But for, you know, as I got older and my kids um, out of five, three went to college and two did not. So even though the two that didn't go to college, um, I knew they probably wouldn't. I still prepared them in case they were and then also gave them other, um, you know, leeway and activities of things that they could do. Their projects might not be a written report, but more of a finished product. So, oh, cool. yeah. So, um, so for planning, where would you start, especially if you're, you know, maybe parents are looking at their curriculum and thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to finish this book. Um, I just want to give you some clarity, parents. You do not have to finish um, a book if you do not want to, or it's not working for your family, you know, um, or you can look at it and say, okay, we're going to do, you know, certain chapters in the book and maybe skim over others. Because I think sometimes we think we have to finish every single thing, even if we find out that it's just not working for our family. So right. if someone is planning, um, what are some things that they can look for? Well, I would say the first thing is this. 
why do you not want to use the curriculum that you're using right now? Because that's super important because sometimes people leave a curriculum and then they get something exactly like the first one and that doesn't work either. Sometimes we end up with curriculum because the person who is selling the curriculum does a good job of selling, but it's really not what our family needs. So one of the things that I do first before when I decide I'm going to move to a new curriculum or even just purchasing a curriculum at the beginning of the year, I will talk to families that have used the curriculum and ask them what they like about it and what they don't like about it. And that seems to be such a helpful thing to me, especially I try to find people with personalities like mine. For example, if I'm talking to a lot of moms who, you know, they're, they're very um, regimented and they want something that's very regimented and has lesson plans and answer keys. Well, those things aren't necessarily important to me, but I like a lot of freedom to add things and, and freedom to be spontaneous. And so I'll a lot of times look for something that I can use as a spine and then add things in or something that allows for more flexibility. So what I'm looking for isn't necessarily the same as some of my friends, but sometimes by telling, by finding out that someone who's completely different for me really likes the curriculum and why it works for them, I realize, wow, those reasons won't work for me because that's not really what I want. And so I think talking to people really helps a lot. I like to look at the curriculum and um, to see if it's user-friendly. That's great to do at curriculum fairs and at conventions. But if you can't do that, another thing that you can do is um, look on the websites, look in catalogs. Um, a lot of times they have sample pages and at least you can get more of a feel. But if there's any way to get your hands on curriculum and even be able to, like I used to have people come over to my house and say, hey, can I just spend some time looking at some of your curriculum to see if it would work for me? Right. So all of that are Very ways good. that I'll look for curriculum before I think about things like price, which is important too. Right. So what you're basically saying is what is important to you. So exactly you know, as a family, um, you know, is it, are, are you looking at a long game? You're going to stay in this? Because I know some people look at at homeschooling with one eye out the door. I had a friend who homeschooled for a very long time. I think almost all the way through high school. And I think um, at some point, one or two of her children went back to high school. Um, I always, we call it back to high school, but you know what I mean? More of a right. um, brick and mortar, if you will. But um, she always said she took one year at a time because for her, it was overwhelming to think long picture. So that right. worked for her and it, and she was very successful at it and her children, you know, did extremely well. Um, but you have to look at what is important for you and your family. And then, you know, take, um, you know, a page out of what Meredith has said, and then look at the curriculum as far as you know, what, what you think is going to give you some flexibility, or if you want something a little bit more regimented. And then, um, you know, another thing too, is what is required for each year. And I think that's why people tend to go to the workbook um, 
you know, or textbook workbook type of thing, because then they don't have to think about, are we covering everything? Right. Um, and one of the things you'll find, because um, the one regimented thing I did was a math curriculum. But other than that, um, everything else, you just, if you're really searching and looking and working, um, you know, each of our kids has a gifting that they're um, you know, God has given them and they are really interested in certain things that maybe right. a regular curriculum is not going to cover and you allow them to explore that. You know, I, I always laughed at my kids. I had one in the stars and the other one in the ocean. I said, I don't think they could be <laughs> as far away, you know. So we did a whole lesson on, you know, astronomy and stargazing and learn the constellations and about the planets and all of that stuff. And then we did another one on oceanography. And it was amazing because even though those are very focused types of, um, you know, unit studies, if you will, they learned so much more that overlapped a lot of other things. Oh, that's cool. So I think that's what you're going to find too with your homeschooling. If you give your children some of that, um, you know, ability to look into some of the things they're interested in. I agree. And, you know, Felice, I was also thinking that something that's really important to me is Christian worldview. And um, sometimes I, I really I only use textbooks. If I use a textbook, I only use a textbook that's written from a Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. I only use science textbooks or science unit studies that are written from a creationist perspective. And that's just very, very important to me. So um, for some people, that doesn't matter. But especially right now, as I look around what's happening in our nation and the way people are embracing philosophies that are unbiblical, I really think it's more critical now more than ever to mm -hmm. use materials that are written by Christians with a Christian worldview. Absolutely. I, I agree there. So again, that goes back to what is important to you and your family. And then when it comes down to planning, um, you know, what is your, your best tip for that? You know, you've got the books and you know what you're going to do for the year. And then you're thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this done <laughs> in 180 oh. days? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, um, as far as like planning, I find I get so busy in the rush that it's hard for me to do lesson plans every week. That's just me. So I would always take a week, um, in the summer, or if I was changing curriculum, I would take a week during the holiday break. Like I would maybe just start back later and then just map out the whole year. And in mapping out the year, I don't mean every detail, but just basically like, we'll go through this subject, this, these chapters, or we'll go through, we'll do a unit study on this or, you know, read these books. I map that out. And then if um, I always give myself an extra week in the middle for catch up, because it always seems like, well, we live in Florida, there could be a hurricane, or there could be sickness, or there, you know, God forbid, there could be a death in the family. So all of those things can happen. It just seems like life does happen. So always give ourselves a, a makeup week. And that's not a spring break week. Like if I, if we're going to take a spring break, I also would do a spring break. Um, and then once I do that, I make a schedule and the schedule I make, 
I make a schedule for each of the children and a schedule for me. And we, you know, my kids, when they're in high school, they, of course, do their own schedules. And my children are really different. Like in high school, some of the kids like to do all science one day. Other kids like to do a little bit of every subject every day. So they all make like different plans. But then my plan, my schedule includes all the things they're doing and all the things I'm doing. So I know like, okay, I need to work with this student during math, with this student um, for grammar. And like, I, so I make sure everything works, everything kind of maps out. Now I don't use rigid time schedules. I use block scheduling, which really, really, really helps me because I just think in terms of before breakfast, before lunch, before dinner, after dinner, and that's how we plan everything. My kids work great in the morning, so we do almost all of our schoolwork in the morning, and the afternoon is more time for reading and arts and music and free time. So that's the way we kind of what works for us, but honestly, Every family has a different kind of groove that they fit into. Some families aren't fully awake until 11 in the morning. So (laughs) every family just needs to find what works for them. But I found a loose schedule, like with a flexible schedule that then we tweak after a month. That has been such a blessing because it just gives us these boundaries. And I even have like time scheduled to go like errands, doctor appointments, stuff like that. So that if we end up having a doctor appointment scheduled when we're supposed to do history and science, we just swap those days out. It's so simple. And it it just keeps us so that we don't get behind. In fact, by doing that, I did that all my school years. We never had to work through a summer to catch up on work. I knew so many people that had to work through a summer, but we always had off from May to through August, four months every year. And it, and so to me, it was worth it to take that time and, and put some boundaries in, um, to help us to be really effective. Like we worked smarter, not necessarily harder than some other families, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And then, um, one of the things I was going to ask about your scheduling, did you do this on the computer? Because when you're saying you switched it out, it would just be easier to. I did it on the computer. Yes. Even from the very beginning, I think the first time I did a schedule, it was on a, a ink, a dot processor. What? Yeah. The the dot matrix printing out. Yes. yes, The big long paper. Yes. 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 So it yeah. was so long ago. I can't even remember what the computer was. Yeah, probably giant. like like yeah. I remember the Commodores oh, and the, yeah, we were like all excited when we had 128k. I remember, you know, and now we've got you know megabytes and uh, you know all this other uh, terabytes. I just bought a new computer and I was just you know it's so tiny. I bought a little one. Um, because I, I was re- replacing my other PC. I, I'm I'm a split family. I work with both Mac and PC, depending Ooh. on what I need to do. And my PC and my Mac's getting really old. So anyway, it's so little, but it has so much memory. And I'm just shocked that this thing, it, you know, they've they've really gotten the technology small. But um, but it does help to know that because you can use something like a you know a word program. Um, if you don't have a lot of software options, you can use um, get a Gmail account. Uh, they they have spreadsheets on there as well as um, you know Word docs and things like that. And so the kids um, you know can do that. We had a 
I liked Microsoft Publisher, which is the reason I still use PCs because I still like Publisher and you can't get that on every um, in every device. Um, but what I liked about it was I could use a grid and have a checkoff. And my husband wanted me to put down um, time limits because I had a child who could just look for his math book all day if I allowed it. Mm -hmm. Right. So he had not he knew that he had 30 minutes to complete a lesson or, you know, work through and then he would check it off. And then at the end of the week, um, that was dad's job to look through their checkoff list, especially when they were younger. Because then it kind of took the pressure off of me of getting everything done. And then they knew dad was going to look at it. And that had, uh, there was a lot of contingencies with, with that, you know, if, if they didn't get it done, what would happen? And I think that's another um, important part of homeschooling our kids is a lot of times we're just exhausted and we don't want to follow through and our kids will push the limits. Um, Jeff says yes. they're, they're gamblers and yes. they will gamble that you're not going to get up yes. and follow through. Um, but you know, it, it did work for us. And, um, and I think routines as well. I think the routines were great. I had just like you, one child who um, wanted to get you know, different things done, but th that was my second oldest, Christina. She wanted to get her math done before breakfast. She would get up, get all her math done. And then it was, you know, difficult, although she was really good in math, but I think she felt like that would, that was the bulk of her schoolwork. And then she felt like it was such a relief to have that done before she came down to eat breakfast um, so that she could, um, you know, continue with her day. And then it was an easy day for her because mm. everything else was, um, you know, easy. a little bit. Yeah. So mm. again, you can give your children some flexibility to do some of those things if that works for you and your family. Right. So, okay. What else do we have here on our list? So we're, gonna, we're talking about changing curriculum a new semester, I think sometimes um, it's hard to get kids back into the swing of things after the holidays. And it can help to kind of have like a pep rally with your kids where you sit down and say, hey, this is what we have ahead for the rest of the year. And if you are changing curriculum, by the way, we're doing some things differently. Um, maybe we were using this curriculum, but now we are going to be doing some unit studies. And so children feel like they know what, they know that it's going to be exciting. I think learning is fun. And the more positive we can be with a new semester, the better it will go for all, go. all of us. Yeah. And and two, the same with the beginning of the year. I know some families that will introduce one subject at a time until they build up to doing their full curriculum and others will just jump in. So again, you know your children, you know their their personalities and what they're willing to do. Um, and you know, you'll find too, if you're homeschooling with little ones, that they want in on the action. So either yes. they're going to be underfoot. Uh, so one of the things I did was I had things that they only played with when we did school. So mm. I had a plastic bin and I would just pull out, you know, the foam letters or a special puzzle. And so I would rotate those things. So it was exciting and allowing them to be part of school. Um, you know, even my grandkids are all excited when they're starting school. 
so they want, um, you know, to be involved. And that's the nice thing about if you're doing some oral reading that everyone can gather around. Um, again, look at your children and you may decide, you know, the, they can work on a little art project or coloring or doing something with their hands because I had some that were very antsy and couldn't just sit, <laughs> you know, so, yes. you know, and, the, and I had some that were just lounging and they were fine not doing anything. But, you know, again, um, you know, look at your family and see and see what works. Well, we are almost out of time, Meredith. So any other tips that you want to share? Because we've, we've gone through some, I think, really good ones, you know, looking at um, what will work for you, planning um, a flexible schedule if that's what you want, um, especially with things like a break and, you know, planning time, obviously, um, as all, and also, um, you know, doing some things that are going to work with your family, like, um, you know, getting things done before lunch or, you know, afterwards, if your family right. works later. I would say the final thing is this. Sometimes we're insecure about choosing curriculum, about making plans for the day, for the week. Um, remember two things. Homeschooling means home schooling. And so make sure you don't overbook your schedule of lessons and sports and um, co-ops and you definitely can do some of that, but don't try to do everything every year. And then finally know that you do know what's best for your children. You're their parent. Even if you're just starting out homeschooling, you taught them to talk, you potty trained them and you can definitely teach them to read. You can definitely, um, homeschool them. You can definitely educate them at home. And so, um, don't forget the Lord. He pray, pray about what curriculum to choose and, and how to get, make your schedule because he cares about that and he will help you and he will strengthen you. I think that's wonderful advice. And also remember too, that we are a large podcast network. You know, Meredith and I have shows on the ultimate homeschool uh, podcast network, but we also um, have a Facebook group and we are on there. Uh, we, we, yes. we have over, you know, over a thousand members, but we don't get a lot of questions, but we are available. So all you have to do is go to uh, Facebook. If you're on social media and go to homeschool podcast network family, and just tag one of us. So all you would do is start typing our names if you have a specific question or just even a question about anything that you would like to know. And then we also put in um, a lot of the shows that are playing from um, the different podcasts that are mm -hmm. on this network. And you can go to the ultimate homeschool podcast network.com. And there's a search feature at the very front page. I think it's pretty much on every page now. And you can just search for a topic. And we have information about so many different things. Uh, Meredith, you and I have done a reading list uh, podcast. Yes. We've done one on teaching history. Um, yes. You know, we have years of podcasts that are, you know, uh, really uh, curriculum focused. So I, again, I'll look those up and I'll put some of those links on the show notes for today's episode and give us your website again. My website is powerlineprod.com. P-O-W-E-R-L-I-N-E-P-R-O-D.com. Very good. Very good. 
and um, also check out the Finish Well podcast on this network. And then if you want today's show notes, um, you can find them at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. You can search for best homeschool planning tips. And until next time, we will talk to you soon. God bless. Give us a star rating on your favorite podcast app, and we will be praying for you and your family. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.